AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Hello, I'm Saida Garrett, an uppity knitter and host of the Uppity Knitter Podcast, Celebrity Hobbies Uncovered, a show about your favorite celebrities and their unusual hobbies. Welcome. My guest today is best known for his work as a DJ, but also as a very accomplished recording artist, music producer, photographer, web designer, and entrepreneur who began as a DJ for the groundbreaking hip-hop group Boogie Down Productions and the legendary KRS-One. He's gone on to build an impressive career in the music business, spinning at very high-level events, including the White House, the Kennedy Center Opera House, the Carnegie Hall, the Hollywood Bowl, and a Las Vegas residency and repeatedly winning awards along the way. These include BET's DJ of the Year Award, an NAACP Image Award, an ASCAP Award, and the list goes on. But more importantly, what this brother receives from the Black community and the music community as a whole is the genuine love and respect reserved for only the greats. Ladies and gents, please welcome Derek Jones, 
professionally and affectionately known as D Nice. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm... Hey man, welcome. Oh man, it feels so good to be here today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for gracing us with your omnipotent presence. Listen, do you you want to know why I call the show the Uppity Knitter? I'm I'm assuming it's because of this, you know, these beautiful pieces, one that you're wearing <laughs> and this one here with Biggie and Pun. So I'm assuming that this is like your work. It is. Okay. Biggie, yes. Pun. Oh, you got Pac T- over there. Tupac. Yes, yes. Nipsey. You got Nipsey. Wow. You did this? I did. Wow. So um, I'm, I'm known, as you know, as a singer and songwriter. And um, many of my fans don't know that my favorite hobbies are knitting and crocheting. So I was in a yarn shop in Santa Monica one day. Okay. And I saw this little knitting circle of these white ladies quietly knitting at a side table. And I decided, why don't I just join them? So I sat down and I sat next to this woman who was knitting and I looked over in, in her lap and I said, wow, that's really beautiful. What kind of yarn is that? She said, oh, this is just cotton, you know. And then she looked at my lap and she said, what are you knitting with? I said, this is cashmere. She said, oh, aren't you an uppity knitter? I said, what did you call me? And she turned the most incredible shade of crimson that I'd ever seen <laughs> Not just a red. white person turn. It was crimson. crimson. It was deep, crimson. Deep red. Deep, deep red. Yes. So she said, immediately, she said, I, I said knitter. I said knitter. And I'm thinking, bitch, you better pronounce some T's. <laughs> you know. So um, I, I've decided to embrace that moniker, and I'm calling my show The Uppity Knitter in her honor. I love it. I actually love it. <laughs> Me too. Um For those of you in our listening audience who are not or who have not been fortunate enough to catch D-Nice's Club Quarantine on Instagram Live, you know he has a general policy of no requests. Yes. Yes. He just goes with the flow, whatever he's feeling. And we, as a listening audience, just love traveling along with you, D. Um, But one night. You were on this uh, CQ after dark, slow down, (laughs) romantic type vibe. Yes, yes, yes. And I thought to myself, you know what? Denise Williams, silly, with its amazing lyrics and her incredible vocals, that would be, it would fit so nicely up in here right now. So I typed that in the comments. And lo and behold, brother, you played it and you gave me a shout out to boot. Dude, that made my entire night. That was just beautiful. Well, for one, uh, um, the request coming from you was just, <laughs> you know, no matter what. I think, like, with, with Club Quarantine or with this virtual Club Quarantine, with this space, um, I just get I get so, like, excited that a lot of the artists that I grew up listening to enjoy coming in and listening to me play songs and not necessarily their songs. It's like I could wake up in the middle of the night and like Lionel Richie is in there or like one night, you know, Lenny Kravitz was in there just listening to me play these songs and he would just comment. <laughs> and that, you know, these are like people that I'm, you know, I know a few of them, but like I'm I'm truly a fan of because I love the music. You know, for you to ask for Silly, you could have asked for anything else, but you asked for Silly and I grew up loving Denise Williams. She's just you know, like, everything. That was like one of my favorite songs as a kid, you know, and to... uh just as a DJ and, and using that virtual space, 
the the feeling that I get now is something that I've longed for as an artist, you know, for for decades of playing music. You know, like when I started out in hip hop, the only reason why I was a rapper was because I couldn't sing. <laughs> I grew up loving R and B. You know, okay. R and B and pop was like everything to me. You know, like you know, so like to have this virtual space where I can play the artist and they're in there telling stories. Just imagine, imagine playing a night where it's like all I played was Janet Jackson. And Janet's in there, and Jimmy Jam is in there telling the story behind the making wow. of these songs. That's incredible. Within like four or five sentences, every song, he's like, oh, I use this keyboard, blah, 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 blah. And it, it's just exciting to me. You and know, the fans that are listening, too. Oh, my gosh. And they love it. And, and I always tell people, like, you know, this virtual club isn't just about the music. The music is secondary to the conversation and the people that are in there. You know, the music is just background. The fun of it all is like, oh, I'm hearing these stories from Nile Rodgers or Said is in here, you know, telling the story behind this song. And it's it's just beautiful. You know, it's beautiful that unfortunately the world had to shut down for people to appreciate the classics. You know, and life world, in general. Yeah, life in general, you <laughs> yeah. know. But when the world shut down, all we wanted to feel was love and the records that you guys made and and the music that you consistently make now is just full of love, you know? And, mm-hmm. and that was, um, it was important to allow those songs to breed and to not take requests. Because if you <laughs> allow someone to take a request, they may just, they may just want to hear Drake all day, which is beautiful. I love Drake. But in that moment, that's not what made people's hearts smile, you know? Like, right, right. It was, it was the Temptations. It was Madonna. It was like all of these records that were created between, you know, the 60s and, you know, the early 2000s and even the ones that are that were released during this time, the ones that felt like those records. Mm, it's in our DNA. No I, I, I believe I believe that in my soul that, yeah, that music is a part of our it's it's the fabric of our lives. It weaves through our lives like we can hear a song and it'll take us. Music yes. is like a time traveler. It'll take you back to that period in your life when you were listening to that song and when that song meant so much to you when that song came out. That's the song you you uh, went to the prom to and that's the song that you got your first kiss. Music has that kind of um, weight and yes. gravitas. It's just an amazing thing. And it's almost, music is magic to me because it has that property to, to take you to places where you've been or where you've never been. True. I love it. That journey is beautiful. You know, there's... um. The song, I remember when I was like 14 years old and I was participating in the walkathon in New York, you know, raising money for, um, I can't even remember what the charity, the organization was. It was so long ago. But there was this young girl that was like my age back then walking the, like part of the walkathon was to go through Central Park. And I remember I did this walkathon by myself. And, mm. and, but there was like, it was like my first crush. I never met the young lady. But every time I play Saturday Love, I visualize Sunday, that young Monday, person. Tuesday, exactly. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday Love. And, and she was walking with like her, it was like a group of like girls. And to this day, I, I'm like, man, I wonder if, if that person ever heard me play the song. Aww. And because every song that I play reminds me of like being younger. It's very nostalgic. You know, when I when I play a Melba Moore song and like Melba's pretty much on my IG live anytime that I'm on. But when I play her music, I don't just play it because oh Melba's there. I play it because I remember whenever I dropped that record, I visualized my aunt's my aunt's apartment and my aunt had all of these records 
on on the floor, leaning up against the wall, the way they used to do back in the yeah, day. Yeah. And the very first one was like Diana Ross when she was sitting on the floor with the big eyes, the black and white cover. I think the, the album was Diana. And the yeah, blue with the white jeans. t-shirt. Yes. And then the next record after that was Teddy Pendergrass. And then it was Melba Moore's record. So when I play those songs, I visualize like those moments that that were so like important to me and and why I love music the way that I do. That's why I said music is a time traveler because yes. it will take you to those places instantly. It's instantly. crazy. It's crazy. Listen, I was surprised to learn that uh, Club Quarantine initially started as sort of a hobby because, you know, the rest of us during COVID were home alone. And, and like everyone, we didn't know what to do with ourselves. Is that right? Well, I wouldn't necessarily call it a hobby. What what happened with um, Club Quarantine was when when the world shut down and I was already booked for like Essence Fest, I was booked for South by Southwest. You know, I had not necessarily Coachella main stage, but I had Coachella events. I had to send deposits back, you know, like oh, those those gigs were being canceled. I hate when that happens. Yeah. So when I was sitting at home, I was like, man, like, yo, you worked so hard. I had like this 10 city tour opening for Jill Scott. We only we had only done one of the dates, which was Radio City. And now deposits need to go back because yeah. the world was shutting down. So when I started playing music on, on uh, my Instagram Live, it wasn't necessarily a hobby. It was like, yo, I don't know what to do right now. Oh. And the only thing that brought me just true joy was music. And I started my live and I started playing music and it was fun. I would, you know, I, all of a sudden, like, I felt really good. I started to see my friends in there, you know, under two, under 300 people in there, but I knew every single person that was in there and it felt like we were all connected. So I wouldn't call it a hobby. I do. I really feel like I was, I was destined to do a calling. Absolutely. It was a true calling because it, it doesn't happen without, without the, the exact people that were in there that made it feel like a club. Got it. Because we had all hung out together. Like I had never used Instagram live. So going live, all of my friends were like, yo, what is he doing? Like, and then when I was there playing the music, it I saw everyone that I knew, whether it was a Chuck Bone or whether it was, you know, I don't even, I mean, it was just like all my friends, Tony, like it was just great to see. And we all felt connected. And then I, I, I did it again the next day and then it just kind of took off. I love that. Yeah. You comment that you feel it, uh, it's your mission not to just provide music for the people who need it, but to provide a community, uh, quote. Uh, that's That's a pretty powerful statement. Yes, because it, it look before club quarantine, I was I was pretty successful. You know, like I've had a great recording career, made some money. Yeah, you know, you know, a little flex, a little flex. But no, I had a great. You know, it it, it kind of ended prematurely because I, I just I started so young, and then I was considered old school at such a young age. And when we started, hip hop was still kind of in its in its infancy, so there was no real, no one knew what like a 50-year-old artist was going to look like, mm. you know, a hip-hop artist. Right, R&B, right. pop, yes. But because hip-hop was still like a young genre, you know, it was almost like out of sight, out of mind, which was the best thing that happened to me because it forced me to go back and learn other things that still felt creative that I could do without ever having to depend on a record company, mm. which which became web development. I, I built a lot of websites for people from... The Diary of Alicia Keys to Annie Lennox to Luther Vandross to mm. AT&T. Like I built a lot of those sites early on and, and my love of photography started there. And when I circled back to music, you know, I was already doing my thing with that. And when I circled back to music, it became more about love and less about I need to pay my bills with music. Right, so I was able right. to do other things. You know, I was able to DJ 
and take $150 to DJ for six hours. I mean, I wouldn't do that now, but, but I was <laughs> but able to do that. It. You were loving the work that yeah, you were doing. I fell doing. in love with, with the music, which, and it's so funny. I had a gig recently. Um, it was uh, Beyonce's 41st birthday party. And <laughs> and initially, like, I was invited, like, hey, do you want you to come? And I just jokingly was like, oh, what, wait, what's the theme? Oh, it's roller skating theme. And I was like, oh, man, I should have been playing that. And two days later... Um, P really wants you to play. I was like, all right, I'll do a set. And they were like, no, she wants you to play for six hours. I was like, no way am I playing for six hours. Are you kidding me? And then, um, but when I went to the party, I literally had a, a playlist prepared. Of course you did. I was like, I'm going to play this one hour set and then I'm skating. <laughs> By the time I started and when I finally looked at my, my phone to see what time it was, I'd already played for five hours. Oh, my gosh. And you were was, having that much fun? It was that much fun playing the music. I love it. And it reminded me of when I started playing music, when it wasn't about how, what, how you know, if it was a high-profile gig or, you know, it was about the love of music. And wasn't about massaging egos. When, when an artist walks into a club, everyone goes crazy and play all their music. Yo, she did not want to hear anything old other than she only wanted to hear the songs from a new album and music that felt like disco. And like I was like, that was my lane. Right, so right. playing those songs and then every now and then throwing her song in, it was light work. It was like, this is what I'm talking about. I it's, love that. It, you know, but I, I still, I love the music. And, and I think that's, um, it, you, people can feel that when I play music. I agree. You know? I totally agree. I got to ask, what is it like to DJ for Beyonce and our former favorite president and first lady Barack and Michelle Obama in their home for his 60th birthday party. What the hell? That was amazing. Um, his 60th birthday party. First of all, like they are a very, you know, like musical, music loving family. Yes, yes. And it's not about just the classics, you know, you could throw the stinky leg and Michelle's dancing, <laughs> you know, because that's what they it is. They still black people, child. They yeah, still they black people. And they're from Chicago. <laughs> okay. They're black people from Chicago. <laughs> Be very clear about that. Um, but no, they they are they are awesome. You know, they they never give me, they've never given me guidelines. The only thing that um that they want to make sure is that their kids have a good time. Aww. That's always his thing. Even at his own birthday party, he was like. I was like, hey, man, what do, you, what do you want to hear? He was like, I just want to make sure my kids dance. That's Aww. it. So that's that's like when you hear something like that, it's like a, a guy who he really is exactly who he shows you. He really is that guy. He's a special guy. And so is his wife and his kids. You know, I've I've DJed Michelle's book tour parties. And, you know, I've DJed Sasha and Emily's, both of their 21st birthday parties oh, wow. to Barack's 60th and the inaugural ball for you know his second inaugural ball to one of the the second to the last party before he left left the White House you know and um it's been um I've been pretty fortunate to um to just be able to be one of the people to provide like that soundtrack for them. That's so cool. It's, it's, it's a nice little nugget to have on your resume <laughs> not, CV. Not too bad. Not too shabby. Um, at one point you you said you stopped DJing for a while and uh, started uh, building websites and shooting photography. Did you take any classes to in, in any of those fields to to improve your performance as a photographer or as a uh, as a web developer? Yeah, um, I I just I learned um, web development by you know just buying books and reading. You know, uh, if, if you know how to produce music and you know how to work these computers, like it's all the same. It's just code, and and I taught myself how to read code. 
Now, wow. photography was something different. Photography was. Wait a uh, minute. Wait a minute. You taught yourself how to read code. Yes, I can write code. Like I can. I mean, I can't write HTML5 now, but HTML4, like you know, back there. I haven't built a website in a very long time. Like wow. when DJN took off, I, I I didn't look back. But yeah, I was writing code, writing Flash, and and um, yeah, man, like that's that was um, I'm, I was a nerdy kid. <laughs> You know, I just fell in love with music. Worked out, dude. Worked out. Yeah, no, not too bad. Not too bad. (laughs) Photography, I went to school for. Ah. I went to school for photography um, while I was building websites. I just wanted to, I was photographed by, not to say it was a solo photo shoot. I was one of many hip hop artists that was, uh, that participated in one of Gordon Park's uh, last shoots, which was um, a great day in Harlem where he photographed like all of the hip hop artists and he was recreating um, that that famous jazz photograph um, that was um, like in Harlem, oh, they were all on the wow. on the stoops, and and he did that with hip hop artists uh, for for Double XL magazine, and to look at a a man who you know at the time I think he transitioned when he was in like his nineties, so that was probably like his late seventies, to look at someone that was in his seventies that still loved exactly what it was that they that they did, I was like, man, I want to be like that. Wow, and because. You know, I felt like my hip hop career had had ended prematurely. I didn't have anything tangible to show the world. You know, like, oh, this is what I did back in the day. Like, because oh. because I wasn't shooting as much as I shoot now. And when I did shoot, I didn't respect the negative. I thought like, oh, just get these printed, and then I had like a copy of it. I don't oh. even know whatever happened to the negative. So when um when that was when my rap career was over and I had a chance, a second chance of seeing the world, I was like, I'm gonna do it the right way. And I also want to be respected by photographers. So I went to a school in New York City called the International Center of Photography. And I did like a year, a little bit over a year wow. um, there. And yeah, just I wanted to be respected, you know, like. You got it. Yeah. What started your interest in photography? Do you remember? Yeah, it was, it was Gordon Parks. I mean, when I first picked up the camera, you know, it was just fun to just take pictures but it was Gordon Parks, like meeting him. That's what really like wow. sparked me wanting to know how to shoot. We're here with D Nice. We're gonna take a short break and be right back at you. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. 
And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Welcome back, everybody. We are here with the masterful DJ D-Nice. Do you remember your first camera? Um, first camera I bought with my own money yes. was um, it was a Canon EOS 3 because I bought, that, I bought that while I was working on a website for a client, and I didn't like the images that they were using, and I asked them to pad the budget with enough money so I can hire a photographer I didn't hire a photographer. I used the money to buy a camera, and then I photographed. Hello. Yeah, I photographed the the model guy in the middle of Central Park. It was a Canon EOS three. I yep. love it. Do you still have that camera? No, no, I don't have the camera. Oh but, man. Yeah, that would have been fun, but no. <laughs> well, these days with cell phone cameras, everybody considers themselves a photographer. What do you think separates a true photographer from someone who just takes cell phone pictures? Well, one, um, and I don't diss the art of like cell phone pictures because, you know, at the end of the day, you want to be able to capture the moment. Yes. But the difference between you capturing the, mo the moment and hoping that you capture the moment, like when you shoot with a camera, you have full control over it. Yes. And I know I can maneuver with this camera without looking at anything. I know what light, I know, you know, lighting that I need or what f-stop I need to use or what shutter speed. Well, like your cell, your cell phone camera is just, you know, you're just picking it up and just... Click, click? Yeah. yeah. I like creating images. Well, I see all these huge billboards with incredible photos taken with a cell phone. How do you rate that kind of picture with these modern cameras to an actual camera that uses film as opposed to... Is that a digital camera or is that with film? This is a digital camera. This is a Leica M11. Um, this is their latest um, digital camera. What's... One, it's a beautiful camera. It looks really, very, really beautiful. Very classic old school. You know, it's their old school body that they're known for when they started, like, doing 35 millimeter cameras. Yes. And um, this is a 50 millimeter lens. This is a f2.0. I actually bought this lens in Germany at their headquarters where they made it. You know, they, they invited me out there. You um, are so special. Yeah, no, Lenny Kravis is the one that was special. They flew me out there because he was launching his camera with, with Leica. And I was like, I can't be at, on the property of, a, you know, the company that I love without buying something. And then they gifted me this camera. This what? Is, this is new. Um, and it has a quote on it. Quote is the last quote 
um, that my one of my best friends posted on his his Instagram before he transitioned. And the quote is, be inspired. Aww. And the quote, the reason why I love this quote was because he was one of the guys that kept telling me anytime I hung out with him in the studio, he was like, bring your camera, bring your camera. So this quote is the last quote of the legendary Heavy D. Aww. Yeah, so it's inscribed on the camera. This was wow. That's a, a great story. Yeah, no, it's that's what I said, man. Life is life is so divine. You never know how you can inspire someone with not just one passion, but like just being who you are, just being passionate about life in general. It's a good. It's a good way to show your life as opposed to tell people how to live mm-hmm. life. Just show them as, as and live your best life as an example. Yes, I love that. So at this point, do you go out looking for interesting subjects to photograph, or is it just about having your camera being ready, Johnny on the spot type? Yes, it's just about having my camera ready. I don't, I haven't gone out to like shoot as much as I used to. I, right. You know, I'm constantly DJing. I, I use, I tend to use my cell phone a lot more these days. I mean, these new cameras are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't lie; they are. They do a lot of the work for you, but there's still something just magical about picking up an actual camera. Right, you and can't just, control a, a iPhone. You can't. Ain't no, no stop f stop on an iPhone. You you can you can figure that out though. There are ways to do it, but it's still not. It's not this. No. Do you still use film? Like that's a I digital. Do. You this do this one is digital, but I also have the film, the film version of it, and then I also use like I'll shoot with like disposable cameras, and then I have um, I have um, two Polaroid um SX uh, SX seventy cameras. They use all like um just you know. Polaroid film and and um, I love I love it. Do you manipulate the actual photograph and the Polaroid with your with mm-hmm. your fingers and? You can do all of that. Darkroom edits, like everything. So a lot of times, what like is when a I dark shoot, room edit on a. A lot of times, um, you know, you can have like um, you can shoot with like black and white film when your Polaroid that will still give you like that Polaroid instantly. Yes. But it comes with an actual negative, which is rare for a Polaroid. So you peel it off and then you have to put it in like a solution and like allow it to dry out. And then you have an actual Polaroid for it. Um, oh, my goodness. So I, I tend to use that a, a, a lot less than I used to in the past. Um, but in the past, that was like a major thing. You know, like when you see like some of these black and white um, images um, and you'll still see like a border around them. Yes. Yes. You know, like that's from. That's like, what that is. Yes. Yes. Wow. From either that or from like. It could be from a medium format camera or, yeah, I love that vibe, that entire look, kind of weathered look. And you know what I, speaking of weathered, I like what, I learned something that that they called um, sloppy borders, Mm -hmm. where it's just sort of nebulous and weird on the ends, no real uh, frame, but just sort of wobbly. I love that. Did you, you know, um, you hear audiophiles and music producers often compare the sound quality of analog versus versus digital, is that the same kind of thing with photography? Totally, you can. So there is a a, a warmth that you get from from actually shooting with film. You know, like um, you you can try to emulate it with like digital grain because there are some apps that can kind of like you can apply the app and it'll make it look like film, but it's still not film. Right, it's not the grain of film. Like the beauty of like shooting like low light with like you know, slow film is so you can get the grain and the grittiness and, mm. and you know, um, digital is just super clean. And it's, it's you know, similar to like using an MP3 versus 
pulling that vinyl out. MP3 is beautiful. You can still dance to the music. You can sing along. But when you put that needle on the record and you hear those the popping sound, it's like, that's love. That's art. <laughs> so, and you know, and it's hard to get that no matter which camera or, or phone you're using on the digital side. I love that. As a professional photographer, you've shot campaigns for the likes of Nike, mm-hmm. America's Next Top Model, mm-hmm. Hennessy, and many more. Do you still consider photography as a hobby? No, no, I haven't. I haven't felt like photography was my hobby since I started, you know, you know, um, in the early 2000s. Once I went to school for it, it was no longer a hobby. Got it. Because I immediately started shooting for for campaigns. So like one of my my first um, my first photo shoot, uh, um, my first two photo shoots happened because of a, a gentleman named Chris Lighty. Chris Lighty used to be, um, he was one of my best friends, but he was a music manager for like 50 Cent, Mariah, Puff, yeah, Mob Deep. And he invited me to his wedding. And, you know, at the time, I really didn't have like a lot of money to buy the types of gifts that you would give a Chris Lighty. Yes, you know, when yes. they were registered, at, I remember like an ABC carpet, everything was expensive in there. So what I did was, I was just at the wedding. They were I, registered at a carpet store? No, so ABC carpet was like... <laughs> It wasn't just a carpet store. They had furniture, and it was, like, all imported. Ah, okay. So it was, like, really, really kind of, like, elite furniture. High end. And, like, super high-end, one-of-a-kind pieces. So it wasn't just a carpet store. That was just the name of it. Got it. And um, they were located, I think, like, on 19th Street and Broadway in New York City. Like, super dope. And um, But when I went to his wedding, I just took pictures, and then as a gift, I gave him um, – uh, you know, album, a photo album. Wow! And then he called me back, and he was like, "Bro, you should be doing this professionally." I was like, "Nah, I'm good." He was like, "No, you got to do this professionally." So, the very first, actually, the first, it was the first photo shoot that he gave me was um, uh, one of Fifty Cent's Reebok campaigns, and uh, yeah, and I was um, I was like, "Oh wow, I could do this," and uh, and I, I never looked back. So I wouldn't, I never considered photography um, a, hobby. a hobby. Good, yeah. that's that's good stuff, man. I have a quick question. Have you ever shot an album cover or a photo shoot for another recording artist? Yes, I shot an album cover for Talib Kweli, for Carl Thomas. Um, Dang, what else? I think those were the only two. No, no, Pharrell Manch. I was doing a lot of hip-hop stuff. Nice. um, Because, you know, those are my guys, and and, uh, we were having fun doing it. I still feel like I'm missing something, because it's been so long since I actually was shooting on that level. Um, those those were like early two thousands, um, but like campaigns, yeah, man. I've I've had fun shooting campaigns, um, but artists are like my love, you know. Like when I when I um I always wanted to when DJing took off, I still wanted to shoot, but photography requires when you're shooting campaigns or you're shooting an album cover for someone, it requires a lot of time. Yes, you know you gotta set up the photo shoot. You need to. You know, just kind of like submit what you want this photo shoot to be like, you know, submit your treatments, um, then actually shoot it. Then you got to select the images. And then it's a lot. It was a whole process where I could just do one DJ gig and be done with it. And I'm good. (laughs) So I decided that I was, you know, I wasn't going to like focus on campaigns. All I wanted to do was to document hip hop culture and to document Mm. like my journey Mm. and then to one day have like photo exhibitions, you know. Nice. 
You know, so I've, I have images with everyone that I actually shot all over the world, whether it's Mary J. Blige in South Africa, you know, Puff, while we're in, in um, uh, Copenhagen or being out in Dubai and, and, you know, shooting all over the world, photographing John Legend. You know, I got a funny John Legend story and um, I ran into his managers and uh, I was going to Atlanta to do a show and, and um, I was in the Delta Lounge and I was like, trying to rush and then call the car service. I didn't want to wait outside. So I was like, all right, I'm waiting here for the car to arrive. Then I saw his manager in there and he was like, oh, you come here for a show? Well, we're performing tonight in Canada. I was like, man, I should fly there tomorrow. I got a day off. He's like, come on, just fly up. I left my passport, but I had like my passport card and I wanted this photograph of John Legend in a different country. Like, because every, every artist I wanted to have like a different story. So I did my gig in Atlanta. I booked a flight to to uh, Buffalo. I flew to Buffalo, rented a car, and then I drove over the border. Whoa. This <laughs> is literally the next day. Drove over the border, went to John's show, took one. That was like a two and a half hour drive. Took maybe five pictures of John. Because John was like, all right, you ready? All right, let's do it. And he's like holding this cup of tea after his performance, walking down this narrow hallway, admiring all the, the artists, that the, the performers that were there in the past. And the way I shot the, the the perspective, you don't see the photographs. It's a black and white picture, and it's like this crazy perspective. And I was done. And I was like, all right, cool. And John looked at me. He's like, wait, you you went through all of this to take like a couple oh, of photographs? Wow. And I was like, bro, like if you when you're a photographer, it's like you want to tell the story. Like I'm not trying to have a photo shoot. Right, right. I just wanted the story. I the love story it. is just as important as the image that I captured. You know, like was he happy with the image that you? Oh, he's never seen it. Most of the artists have never seen the images. Oh, like I did like a whole three city, and you know, in in South Africa with Mary. Mary, you know, we were playing spades at her house, and <laughs> she was, and she saw my camera sitting similar to where it is now. She was like, "You take pictures? You should come to South Africa." I was like, "All right, cool." Wow, they, that's how that happened. Went to South Africa with her, and then we were in this prayer circle. I remember in the prayer circle in like Durban, and. She was praying, and then I thought about it. I was like, this is the moment. And I let the hands go, and I just stepped back, and I took this picture of her praying in black and white, and all you see are like these shadows of people, and Mary just praying, and it was like... Oh, my God, so to me, I it's about goosebumps. I have more fun doing that and showing um, you know, our artists in the way that we actually see them. I love that. You know, so that, that's... You got, I can't wait for this book. This is a coffee no, table book. No, it's going to be great. Hmm? In the making. I yeah, love that. that. Happening. I love that. We're here with D Nice. We're going to take a short break and be right back at you. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes 
and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Welcome back, everybody. We are here with the masterful DJ D-Nice. By following you on Instagram, I always get inspired when I see you spending time with your daughters. Yes. Oh, my God. I grew up a daddyless daughter, so I didn't have the kind of relationship with my father as you have with your, your children. And I'm sure because of that, your daughters will not be on the pole. Your daughters will be respectable, and they will choose men that are... Uh, like their father and treat them the way their father treated them. Um, I have the utmost respect for a man, especially a black man who stays present in his children's lives because so many black fathers are absent, including my own. Um, describe the joy you feel when you're hanging out with your daughters. Um, with my daughters, um, it's it's always a pleasant time. And there are always moments of being dad, and now that I have, I have a 26-year-old, so, like, what? I'm more than just dad with her. Like, you know, she's my friend, you know. Wow. And, um, you know, my daughter is, has been, like, both of my kids. But initially, like, my oldest daughter was a, was my source of inspiration in terms of, like, trying to make sure that I do the right thing to be a great provider. Mm. You know, and not just providing things, but, like, I'm a flawed man. You know, I think we all are. We're all flawed people. We wouldn't be here if we weren't. Absolutely not. You know, and I, I've i learned from growing up without having a relationship with my father. And it's pretty interesting how this happens, too, where I initially wa- wanted to be a different type of father because I didn't want to be like my father. Mm-hmm. And as I got, o- you know, you know, got a little older, it kind of switched for me. I wanted to be a great father because I wanted to be a great father to my kids, not because I was comparing myself to what someone else did. Right. And it took a long time to learn that. Right. And, you know, those lessons are very important because if you tend to just not want to be like someone else, then you do things for your kids that are unnecessary. You try to give them things because no one gave you. Yes. Yes. I didn't want to be that way. 
You know, like I had um, an experience with my youngest daughter. She's 11. Just the other day, I was um, I was traveling back. I was doing a show out and um, I was performing out in, in Cartagena. And on the plane, and she texted me and she's like, you know, Dad, can you get me these sweatpants? And I was like, all right, cool. Just let me know which ones you want. And then when I was on the plane, I looked at the price of them. And I was like, this kid is 11 talking about buying five pair of sweats that are $150 each. I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, that's that's crazy. But I will buy one. And then here's the lesson. The lesson is I just recently gotten her this, this card card, the green light card, where it's for kids. It's like a debit card for kids, and it's based on chores. Ah. And, like... You do your homework, you know, maybe you make a dollar or $5 a week or whatever. Cool. Like whatever, you know, whatever value you put to it. And I said to her when I returned home and we were in the car, and I was like, look, I am not buying you five pair of sweats for $150. I will buy you one because you've been doing extremely well in school. But if you want to buy more, then you have to do this to continue earning money and to use your own card. Like, I can't tell you what to do with your money. Yeah. I'm just not buying five pairs of, like, $150 sweats for so you. So she can't tell you what to do with your money no. either. I love so, that. I but love it was that. just like, you just find, like, these teachable moments for, for the kids. Do any of your daughters share your interest in photography? No. My oldest daughter is an attorney. Hmm. She's uh, practicing real estate law right now. And then my youngest daughter, she's into sports. Nice. Athletics. What what sport is she into? I mean, right now she's playing volleyball, basketball. All the balls. Uh, tennis. And every now and then she'll go out and she'll play golf. What? Yeah. I love her. What's her name? Little uppity knitters. <laughs> In the making. <laughs> her name is Dylan. My oldest daughter is Ashley. My youngest is Dylan. Do either of them knit or crochet? No. Do you think they would like to learn? I would love hey, to teach them. Hey, I mean, who can say no to you? I love it. Talk to my husband. He'll let you know. <laughs> um, you've made it known that you are a um, a very spiritual person. Mm -hmm. um, do you practice meditation? That's actually a recent thing. Um, before the before the pandemic, I took like a few guided meditation classes. I didn't understand how to slow these things down, slow down the movements, and um, but just recently. I started to um, take more classes with someone, more one-on-one. -on -one. Mm. And, um, I'm, you know, I still haven't mastered it, which I don't know if you can ever master it, but, like, I still haven't figured out how to, like, slow these things down. And part of it is because I am truly excited about life. Mm. You know, when you, you – I mean, I know that I need to do that because, you, you know, there needs to be some balance in your life. Um, but the thing that um, – when you truly love what you do and you know that you – you matter to people. You kind of overextend yourself sometimes, you mm, know, like because yes. I know, especially during like pandemic and and, and now that the world is open or reopened, um, you know, some people still have a hard time getting like reacclimated to what life used to be. Like mm. it's never going to be the same. So I happen to love what I'm doing for people. Um, so when I wake up, I just want to play music and then I want to go do shows and like keep people inspired. But I do need to find like balance, and like part of that balance, and and with with is becoming more grounded with with the universe and with God, and then also to, to just meditate. And you you can't you can't be great for someone else if you can't can't be great for you. That's right. That's so right. Um, that was a great answer. 
my career as a rap artist didn't go the way that I thought it would would have. You know, like, you know, when you, I, I was a part of like an iconic group, and but I wasn't the lead rapper. It was yeah. a rapper named Karis One. He oh, was who? so he was who so that? prolific. You who know? that is? Yeah, Karis. You know? <laughs> and um, you know, so all eyes were on him. Yeah. And everyone else was just secondary. You know, like. Yeah. And so no, my career didn't go, but it was the best thing for me. Because Ain't that weird how it yeah, happens. Because I love where I am in my life right now, and it was because I was forced to find other ways to be creative. Yeah. And so I have no no regrets. And even before CQ, I still had no regrets because I was like. All right, I was in demand. You know, I was like one of the top in demand private events, private event DJs. Um, Now I'm kind of more mainstream, more of a household name kind of vibe because of what happened. But even without that, I was happy just doing my Super Bowl event or playing, you know, playing, you know, an Oscar, a pre Oscar event or maybe a post Oscar event. Now here we are after that. I was like, I was the music on on the Academy Awards, you know, and like, that's a, a different, you know, I know you, you've been nominated for an Academy Award and like, two, I'm sorry, let me take two. that back, two, <laughs> she threw the deuce up. She chucked me with the deuce. She was like, hold on now, <laughs> don't forget my other one. <laughs> but there's no, that was that's like a crazy feeling of yeah, like, it is yeah. being in that room, like just being there and looking around like, wait, like, it's I'm surreal, here. Man. It's yeah, surreal. you know, like, I saw a picture of me like, just before the show started in my eyes, I looked like a deer in the headlights because I was just overwhelmed. Wow. Like, like, wait, I'm providing all of the music. Every time someone walked out, like it's me selecting these songs. And wow. But, you know, none of that happens without the entire journey. That's so true. Because you, you know, wouldn't have been ready for no, this, this moment. No, it doesn't happen without the entire gen- journey. I love it. You know, D, uh, one of the reasons I developed my podcast is to encourage my listeners to Think outside the box, to use their imaginations, and not to be afraid to explore new things in their lives. Do you have any words of encouragement for those people who may be feeling kind of stuck in a rut in their careers or their lives at this moment, listening to your voice? Yeah, you know, like the advice I would give was a piece of advice given to me by by my uncle. He's probably in his 90s now, and it was when I was trying to figure out life after music and I kind of wanted to get back involved with the music industry after being um, away for like near, close to a decade. And, but I wasn't, even though I was building websites and, and those things provided me with, you know, a little bit of like income and, and I was able to provide for my family. It just, it didn't fully make me happy. Music makes me happy. And when I, when I, I reached out to him, you know, he was like one of the few um, men that I was able to talk to. And I said to him, it's like, you know, I had this idea where I wanted to get back involved in music and he, he shared a story with me. You know, I, I can't quote it verbatim, but... Give us the gist. Yes, the gist of the story was, he was like, hey, when I was younger, I had a chance to play in the Negro Leagues. And because he and my aunt um, were having a child, he decided to get into go into the military to provide for his family. Uh-huh. And he said, you know, he was a really good baseball player. You know, around the time when Jackie Robinson and that whole crew, like he right. was, he was around there. He was in there, and um, and he made the choice to get into um, go into the military. And even though he loved his life and he had an amazing life, you know, owned his home, my, they're still married, married for like seventy years, which is something beautiful to be able to like have a partner that long. Wow. 
Wow. But he said he never knew what his life could have been like had he also followed his passion. Mm. You know, he was like, you never want to live a life of regret. You know, so I always try to inspire people wow. to to do what you love. You know, and the like, money will come. Yes, do what you love. You know, like, you know, some people look at what happened with me as overnight. But you only you can only say that if you don't know my story, right? Don't you hate that? Yeah, you no, no I don't even hate it say. anymore. I'm like, no. If that's then that means that you haven't done your homework. If you think thirty years, thirty five years in this business is overnight, <laughs> true that. Something's wrong with you then. You know, you um, need help. <laughs> so please let our audience know what you currently have going on in your life. Like, what's next for D Nice? You know. um, I'm actually what what I've what I've been doing now is taking this CQ into like the live space, but I'm doing it a little different, you know, differently. Where it's not just about having someone perform with me. A lot of the shows that I've been selling out recently, whether it's you know the Carnegie Hall or or the Kennedy Center Opera House, is because I've kind of like combined like an orchestra with DJing and the oh, performers coming out. That's a great idea. So like when you hear, you know, when you think about and it's not even just having like a Melbourne Moore or hopefully you come and join us for a show. Like Wait, what? Not, what? Well, you know, what, hope, I really what, want you to come and join say? us for a show. Huh? You know? We have that recorded, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's like not even just about having like some of my favorite R&B performers. It's also about having like taking a hardcore hip hop act and putting an orchestra behind them. Wow. Like Jadakiss and, and Styles P of the Locks are hardcore New York City hip hop guys. Yeah, man. But they had this song called We Gonna Make It. And the song, the sample um, is, uh, I believe it's like Michael Samuel's um, um, uh, music. I can't remember the name of it, but um, but there are like these strings in it. But obviously they sampled it. Yes, yes. To put them on stage at Carnegie Hall with this orchestra recreating that song. Real strings. But hardcore hip hop wearing tuxedos was oh like, gosh. was incredible. Lovely. Yeah, know. so like when you think about that, like, this is the first time that a DJ and anything hip hop related ever headlined the opera house. That's like, yeah, insane. That's in, outside the box like, like a mug, man. You know, so like my whole mission is to take to take to bring hip hop and DJ culture with an orchestra to like some of the most iconic venues all over the world. Mm, that's a great idea. Yep. Good for you. Well, finally, uh we like to end this show with a little segment where I ask my guests to share something that happened to them or something uh, someone said or did that came to them as a shock or a surprise. We call this segment, Nitta What? What say you, D-Nice? Jeez, without naming any names, I don't want to do that. You don't but, have to do that. But there was um, <laughs> there was someone who, like, in, in my business who... I, you know, I still have a lot of respect for him because he, he was the CEO of a record company that I was a part of, you know, back in the day. And I remember him calling me and saying, like, who would have ever thought you would be here still doing your thing? And that to me was like, that was my knitter, my knitter what knitter moment. what? Like, you should have been dead long ago. That was you know the, what I mean? his, He was insinuating that you should have been over. And no, that I should have been over. over. Exactly. And you're like, still here. And I'm still here. And it was just like. Nitta, what? Like, yeah, I'm here because I, I believed in myself and also 
because I, what I do resonates with people and they believe and they uplift me and it's my job to uplift other people, Thank you know, you so that was my knit or what moment. I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dee. Thank you for having me this here. It's been great. Thanks so much for joining us on the Uppity Knitter podcast with D Nice, a show where your favorite celebrities talk about their unusual hobbies. Join us next time. Until then, do what makes you happy. Right, D? Absolutely. The Uppity Knitter Podcast is brought to you by Black Chick Productions. Our show is hosted by Saida Garrett. Our producer is Eric Nuri, and we're recorded and edited by Felicia Morris at Morris Media Studios in Los Angeles. Special thanks go out to our friends at iHeartMedia and Seneca Women. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.